This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Everyone, if you are joining us for the first time, we are in our fourth installment. We'll call it an installment. So fancy. Of a new series that we've been doing on dealing with difficult people. And you've already heard her sweet little voice, but Rachel is also joining. And by the way, this is Jen Otero. I am back in the month of August hanging out and doing some of this. And it's been so fun to be back at it with the team talking to y'all. So we hope that you've been enjoying the last couple weeks. And today we're just continuing on with the discussion. Oh boy. (laughs) We took a deep breath. Yes. Rachel and I were actually talking before thinking, wow, we're going to probably tell on ourselves in this one. (laughs) But today we're going to be talking about the victim mentality in a relationship and the victim, the way that we operate as victims at times. And so if you have been listening, you'll know the last couple weeks we've been talking a lot about these different areas, whether it's identifying someone that's in your life or also, let's be honest, being honest enough with ourselves to go, oh, dang, I do that. And how do I overcome that? And so... At first, the victim can kind of seem a little harmless, and to some degree it can be, because we aren't, like we've talked about the last couple weeks, we aren't bulldozing over someone, um, but often there's that self-pity thing mm-hmm. that kind of kicks in. We kind of like to sit with me, myself, and I <laughs> in our little pity party, Sneaky. Yes. but the reality is that that victim mindset can play a huge role in a lot of different things, yes. and so... It's the idea that I'm kind of the innocent one. I'm the one that's, you know, free of responsibility. Everyone else is the offender and the mean one. And there's not a personal responsibility that is taken on. And it really can create a lot of issue. And so we're going to be diving into that today and talking it through. And I promise you're not the only one. Yeah. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, no, so true. So we were... We were talking about this before about just that victim mentality and how easy it is to slide Mm -hmm. into. I think the other thing with a victim mentality is that, um, again, it's not the loudest in the room necessarily. That's right. It it may not be the one that's bulldozing directly over somebody, but it also doesn't do a lot for you. Yeah. It feels like it does in the moment. It feels very comforting. Like Mm -hmm. I think you said a moment ago, a warm blanket. A warm blanket. A warm cozy blanket. (laughs) Like you said, and so we're going to kind of talk about a couple of phrases that you may go, oh, that's being a victim. I didn't know that. Right. But referring back to even our um, podcast when we did the entitlement cure and we talked about that phrase, I deserve. Right. That kind of falls in there too, Mm -hmm. because you're expecting others to make it right for you. And even when you've been wronged, you cannot guarantee that that is going to happen. And yeah. so if you sit around waiting for somebody else to give you everything you deserve, well, you're going to be waiting a long time. That's right. It's going to be a long life with your cozy blanket. victim blanket. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, because we love practicality here at Mercy, we wanted to, again, give a couple really easy word cues, I guess, so yeah, to speak, that's good. that you can hear and go, oh, when I hear that in my my thought process, or hey, when I hear that in my friendship or my marriage or wherever, I go, wait a minute, it, it, am I playing the victim here? Mm-hmm. Did I play some kind of role in this this whole process? So one is, why me? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> I, I mean, I've thought this a billion times. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> why me? Why am I always the one, whether it feels like you're constantly getting picked on right. or targeted or, you know zeroed out or whatever focused on that is an easy thing to 
mm-hmm. succumb to and go, why me? Why am I the one? Um, here's another one that I've heard before. People like me can't get ahead. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. You know, people talking about cool opportunities going on. Uh, maybe somebody's even sharing about a new job situation or, you know, I don't know, maybe they're going on a vacation with their family. And then you've got that one person in the room that goes, yeah, I'll, we can never do anything like that. Yeah. So not only is it a warm blanket, it is a wet blanket right. <laughs> that you throw on other people. Oh I'm going to title this podcast series, this episode, The Blanket. <laughs> the Blanket. The Blanket. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's so true, though. You're right. And so even though they're, they're a lot of times what they're actually really saying is probably from a place of disappointment mm-hmm. and discouragement, even coming at it from, well, that's never going to happen to me, or yeah, that that just always happens for people like you, that is very uh, helpless, so to speak. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not doing anything for mm-hmm. you. It voices a frustration, I guess, and it, it lets other people know that you feel disappointed, for sure, and like you're missing out, but it actually is not serving you in the no. long run. So that's another one. And then another phrase is, this always happens to me. And I've said that a million times. This always happens to me. Why can't I ever, you know, seem to catch a break or get over this? And so as I've studied this a bit more, (laughs) it's been very convicting. Jen, do you have any other examples or phrases that you've heard or said or anything maybe you want to share? I can't think of a specific phrase, but I can think of plenty of times where I think there was certainly a season in my life where, and I think part of it is realizing often we are in legitimately challenging seasons. Sure. Where we're not trying to make light of this by any means. I can think of certain seasons in my life where there were legitimately hard things going on in our family where I'm like, Lord, this is really hard. But what happens is when I turn away from the Lord and stop leaning into him, Mm -hmm. I start leaning into myself and then I get into the self-pity. And I can remember a couple of times the Lord's like, okay, that's enough. Wow. Because what you're doing is disempowering yourself. Ooh, that's a good You're one. not walking in authority. You're not using the power of my name or what I did for you on the cross. You're feeling sorry for that's yourself. Right. And all that does is digs me a little hole. Yes. I'm wrapped in my blanket yeah. and I might feel okay for a little while, yeah. but guess what? I am not moving forward. Yeah. I'm not dealing with whatever needs to be dealt with. Yeah. In fact, I'm probably making circumstances worse my, mm. for myself yes. because I'm just kind of stuck in the yuck of it. Yes. And it doesn't mean, like I said, the circumstances aren't legitimate or right. difficult, right. but I really feel like self-pity or this victim mentality, if it's something we operate from, ooh, it can really be a ploy of the enemy mm. to get us stuck. Yeah not moving forward. And when I feel sorry for myself, I start to protect myself differently. Mm. I start to guard myself differently, not just from other people, but from the Lord too. I can think of lots of times I've been in sessions with women and the Lord's like, there is a, there's a root of self pity happening right now. You are in a victim mentality. And how do you become a victor? Mm -hmm. How do I walk in victory if I'm just feeling sorry for myself? Yeah, I don't. So I'm speaking not only from counselor, but personal experience. Sure. Like there are times where the Holy Spirit's kind of grabbed a hold of me and been like, that, that's enough. Sure. This is a hard season. I acknowledge that, but yes. it's time for you to get up and over this yes. and put your tools to work, put your identity to work, mm. put truth to work yeah. because this is not me in you. Right. This is your flesh ruling and reigning. Right. And so acknowledging stuff can be hard, but it's, it's time to get up and move forward mm. and put some stuff to work. That's so good. And stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And this is rabbit trailing a bit, but would you say too that victim mentality can give way to other pitfalls like comparison or yeah, envy? Huge. Because you see what other people have. And again, going back to some of those phrases, it feels like, oh, they always have it better. 
And then you're always, like you said, you're not walking in your giftings. You're no. not walking as a victor because you're too busy looking at what everybody else has. Exactly. Wishing you had that. And then you're not doing anything with what you got. To actually get to the where you want to yeah. be. Yeah. The other piece of all this, too, is that if I operate from a victim mentality, then I am not taking responsibility for myself. Often I'm putting it off on everybody else. Yep. Everybody else is the bad guy. Yeah. I'm either the good guy or, in this case, the victim. Right. Poor me. Right. Right, right, and that's right. another term. If you hear yourself going, oh, poor me. You may not say it out loud because it sounds weird saying it, <laughs> but it's going to be bouncing around in yes. your noggin going, oh, yes. poor, I feel so sorry for myself, yes. right? But what's happening is I'm not taking responsibility. And so if this victim mentality is really entrenched in your life, mm-hmm. counseling, mentoring, having the hard conversations, getting honest with God are things you want to run from yes. because you are smart enough. We're all smart enough to know if I step out of a victim mentality, that means I have to take personal responsibility yeah. for my life. Right. That means I actually have to start looking at some of my crap yes and it's and it's crap y'all yeah it's like crap it's It's deep pile of crap that I need to look at that I no one can change for me I have to take responsibility and so sometimes a victim mentality is actually a really very interesting way for me to avoid Mm -hmm. the very things that I need to deal with because if everybody else is the bad guy and everybody else is the one that's doing the thing to me then I can continue to blame everybody else Mm -hmm. And I can continue to stay in a place of not taking personal responsibility for myself. And if you're in a relationship with someone who has a victim mentality, it's hard, especially if you can, t- if you tend to lean into the enabling side of things. Yes. If you are a rescuer, yes. you need to be mindful of this type of thing in your relationships mm-hmm. because it creates this dynamic where they're always the victim and yes. you're always rescuing and it gets them into a place of continuing to believe this lie. Yeah. And this is not what God says over us. Yeah. That's so He good. does not say that we are victims yeah. to anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, he already gave us victory over the enemy. That's right. Who's the one who wants to continue to victimize us. Right. So he's already a defeated foe. That's right. So what a lie it is to believe that I'm in a victim stance mm-hmm. or a victim place. It's just yes. not at all what God says over us. Yes. That's so good. And for your relationships too, man, I tell you what, like I haven't been married the, well, that sounded like buried because of my Texas accent. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I, haven't I, mean, I haven't been buried. I haven't been buried very long. I haven't been married very long. <laughs> Sorry, babe, if you listen to this later. Uh, I've not been married for the longest of times. But I will say this, that this is something, since we're having confession time here today, that I have absolutely struggled with and probably didn't recognize in my marriage until maybe... It was after kids, so you know maybe we were five years in mm-hmm. and and going, oh wow, like this seems to be a dance that we keep that I keep doing, that I keep coming back to, and it is actually hindering our growth and it's hindering my own personal progress. That's right from where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And um, stay tuned because as we continue, not only in this series but. In, in the months to come, we're going to be talking about the Enneagram, which I'm excited That's about. So it's awesome. going to be so fun. Um, but that tool has helped a lot too in just bringing self-awareness, mm-hmm. which we've been talking about already with this self-awareness of, of being aware of what you are doing to other people. That's right. And when that light turns on, it is very powerful. It is. <laughs> because I don't know that we always realize the not only the implications of our actions for other people, mm-hmm. but what that is how that is harming our own selves. That's so good. You yep. know? So 
self-awareness, y'all. It's huge. It's huge. (laughs) And that's what really counteracts this victim mentality because being a victim causes me to be self-centered. Yes. Everything becomes about me and it's exhausting for me, but it's certainly exhausting for the people around me. Yes. And I think sometimes people, you know, we've talked over the last couple of weeks, when you hit up against this stuff, especially in your own life, I would say this is another area that this comes in where sometimes it's that family dynamic. Yeah. If you were raised in a family where there was a lot of victim mentality and a lot of poor me, this could actually be a very natural, I'm using my quarter fingers because you can't see me, (laughs) a very natural way of living life because it's what was modeled to you, just like sarcasm or any of the other things that we've talked about. And so I think the reality is, is that there's not a place of shame in this, but there is a place of going, oh man, this is ugly, Lord. This is not, this is not who you've created me me to be. And in fact, it's not empowering me in the way the Holy Spirit wants to. And so I've just found in my own life, I'm like, Lord, when that pops up, I need to call it out for what it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, It's ugly. It's sin. It's not who you've created me to be. I repent for it and I'm going to move the other direction. So will you show me next steps? What do I need to do in the situation where I've been feeling sorry for myself? I need to pull myself up by my big girl drawls and move forward. You know what I mean? Yes. If you're a man, you can pull yourself up by your big boy drawls. Whatever. Point is, get up and move forward, (laughs) right? Hey, friends, I wanted to hop on here real quickly and just tell you about an exciting upcoming series that we have on the Enneagram. Now, if you hear the word Enneagram and you go, Oh no, like this is everywhere. I cannot escape it. Do not worry. This episode or really this series, it's going to be for the month of September is for you because we're going to be talking about not only what it is, but how it can help your relationships, how it can help you work in conflict, how it can give you a greater sense of empathy for people that maybe you have a disagreement with, or maybe just those people that you love in your life and and you need some fresh empathy. We all do. We've all been there. So this series is for you and we have some incredible guests guests that will be joining us. Hunter Mobley, he is apprenticed and worked under Suzanne Stabile, who wrote The Path Between Us, an Enneagram expert and author, incredible. And then another Enneagram expert, Beth McCord, author, teacher, coach. We're just going to learn so much. So we hope you will join us for the month of September for our Enneagram series. So can you maybe shed some light on how we could take responsibility for that victim mentality and how we can even love lovingly, I almost messed that word up, lovingly set those boundaries with those who have that victim mentality in our lives? Because like you said, so it's funny, you can be the victim and you need that self-awareness for what you're doing. Absolutely. But then also if you have any of those rescuer tendencies, mm-hmm. it also just that unhealth just begots more in health or begets whatever that the correct English term for that is because then you go and rescue other people who are playing the same victim mentality instead of instead of setting those boundaries and seeing that sometimes that tough love we've used that phrase that Mm -hmm. grace and that truth together is actually really what the situation is needed Mm -hmm. is needed in the situation so is there any I don't know story principle place that you would start with saying hey Here's how you would take responsibility. Well, I think first and foremost, if you're listening to this and there's a conviction or you're like, oh, dang, (laughs) I think that I feel that that's something I operate from. Can we just encourage you, encourage you very lovingly to go, Okay, Lord, I give you permission to go there with me. That's right. I give you permission to show me what that's about, where that comes from. What is the lie or lies that I'm believing? Really do the heart work, because the reality is when the Lord reveals something, we say it all the time around here at Mercy. He reveals it because he wants to heal it. He's not revealing it to mess with you. He's not revealing it to shame you. That's That's not the way God operates. 
But if he begins to reveal something, it's because it's hindering you That's from good. fullness. It's yeah. hindering you from thriving. That's right. So I've just found over the years, it's like, Lord, if you're bringing something to me, it's because you're a good father and because you want me to be the best of who you created Mm -hmm. me to be. Mm -hmm. So I can hold on to it and you'll let me because you're not pushy. Mm -hmm. You don't try to control me. Mm -hmm. But if you're bringing something up in my life, you're doing it for my own good. And so if you are listening and you're like, oh, yep, that's me. First and foremost, I encourage you just to pray it through. Ask Lord to show you what's happening. Now, if you're listening and you go, oh, this is something that maybe my loved one, my husband, my boyfriend, my best friend, my sister, my mom, whoever operates from. First and foremost, I always encourage you to pray into this. Because like we said the last week or the week before, especially when you're dealing with pride. Yeah. A victim mentality can get really rooted in pride. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that if someone's really entrenched in a victim mentality, they're not going to love being challenged. Yeah. It's not going to be something they're super stoked about (laughs) because it's requiring them to take responsibility and responsibility either feels hard or scary or I like my blanket over here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So part of it is anytime we're going to have these conversations, especially if you're dealing with the victim mentality or pride, you Mm -hmm. need to pray and ask the Lord for timing and for words, resources, how to go about this, because it's not the same conversation as maybe rage in their life or an addiction in their life. Like it's, it tends to kind of get crunchy (laughs) and really like ingrained in some ways that feels hard for them to hear. But with that, it's starting to have the conversations. And I have found in these conversations, it's really helpful to have examples. Okay. Like, hey, the other day when I pointed this out, somehow the conversation came back to you and how you felt bad when maybe I was trying to share what was going on in my life, as an example. Or I was pointing out this area that I would really love you to work on, and you started to cry, and it felt like that didn't really match the conversation we were Mm -hmm. having at all. Or Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, especially in these situations, if I don't have self-awareness about this in my life, and you just come and say you have a victim mentality. I have no idea what that means. Sure. So give me examples so I can begin to acknowledge maybe what's happening. Does that make sense? And really just being prayerful, like I said, having those conversations, discussing it through, but also just continuing to give grace, especially Mm -hmm. if you know someone or in your own life and you're like, this is a generational thing. Yeah. This is something my grandma did, my, (laughs) my great grandma did, my mama did. Now I do it. It's going to take a little work to overcome it, yeah. but it's also one of the most beautiful things to overcome because when I start to lay down a victim mentality, especially if I'm really entrenched in it and I start to move forward in victory, Mm. it's amazing. I can think of all the girls I counseled at Mercy in the past years when that starts to shift. Oh man. It's life changing, right? It's life changing. Yeah. And you yeah. see new levels of destiny and yeah. vision and calling and purpose yes. start to begin to blossom yes. because this is a huge hindrance in people's lives yes. that we don't always see. And yeah. I think there's a lot of spiritual warfare that can kick up around this area yes. because if I don't see it, the enemy loves that. Yeah. He loves to pick at areas that I have no self awareness about. Yeah. So whether it's self awareness for yourself or helping someone else become more self aware, those are some starting points. So there is actually a book that comes to mind. Oh, please tell. It's a great title, too. It's called It's Not My Fault. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And the running line is the no excuses plan for overcoming the effects of people, circumstances, or DNA and enjoying God's best. (laughs) Or DNA. I feel like you could just drop the bomb right there. Right there. Exactly. Now, it's by... Yes. Yes. Our favorite people. Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. (laughs) But this is actually one that I would often give to girls in the program that were very, very much entrenched in a victim mentality because it kind of just lovingly but biblically kicks you 
in the tail. Absolutely. To go, oh man, this is something that is operating my life and I yes. need to deal with it. So yes. once again, it's called It's Not My Fault and it's by Cloud and Townsend. Yeah, man. It's a really great resource if this is something you're realizing this is something I need yes. to be working on. I'm literally going to go hunt that down in the library right after we get done. <laughs> yeah, there's We're, some around, I'm that? sure. I'm going to go and find it. No, that's so good. And even you pointing out the areas I hadn't thought about. I mean, it makes sense that, that it's a generational pattern yes. that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Just like with any of these other topics that we've talked about, especially if you've seen your parents or loved ones operate in that way together. Yes. That is very easy to... And not that it's an excuse, but that it's very easy to think, oh, that's how I should operate in my relationships. Exactly. So when you said that, that's a light bulb, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that, this is deeper. Especially when things get hard. Yeah. And because we all yeah. walk through difficulty. Yes. And if that's how your parents or your grandparents or whomever operated from difficult things in order to guard their hearts yes. and to guard themselves from yes. taking responsibility, it can become a learned behavior 100%. Yeah. So calling so it for what it is and going, I don't want that to pass. Yeah. Because how cool is it to be the generation? That I know right. my husband and I have had that conversation a lot that we go, there are certain things that will not pass to our that's children. Right. We are going to stand in the gap and to see the difference between their lives and where we were as kids. It's unbelievable what God can do to go, Lord, this isn't going to pass. I'm going to trust you and make some changes and take some responsibility and then watch what he does. It's the coolest. That is literally the coolest. Let me ask you one more question uh, because I know people may be listening to this and go, well, okay, I get that about taking responsibility and, and being owning my stuff basically. Right. But what about someone who, I mean, you mentioned that counseling the girls all the time that Mm -hmm. you'd had this conversation. Someone had someone who was a perpetrator and the other person was hurt. How do we validate, empathize, help, listen to those in that situation while encouraging them not to find their worth and identity as a victim? Absolutely. Because there is a, that's such a good question and good point to make because there may be people who are listening who are like, but I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely a victim absolutely. of abuse. I was absolutely a victim yep. of domestic violence. Yes, yes you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you get to decide how long you're going to stay a victim. Mm. Yeah. Is that going to become your identity or yeah. are you going to choose to latch on to what Jesus did for you That's and it. overcome it? So it doesn't negate the fact that you are you have been victimized, but you get to choose whether or not you're going to remain a victim. Yes. And that's hard sometimes to hear because I can kind of get, like we talked about comfortable in that identity, but that is, there is nowhere in the Bible that says you are a victim. That's right. Says you're a son, you're a daughter, you're created in the image of God. I could go on and on and on, but that's, there's no place that the word says that you're a victim. And so there's a reality of going, that is a part of my story. That is a part of what I've experienced, but I choose whether or not that becomes my identity. Just like anything else that's thrown at us in life, whether it's another label, whatever it may be, but going, that's not what God says over me. So I get to choose whether or not I'm going to align with my circumstances or what God says. And I don't know about y'all, but I want to line up with what God says. Well, that was so good. (laughs) Just on all the levels. Thank you. And thank you even for that resource. I am going to go hunt that book down. Yeah, I it's really a good appreciate one. that. It's not my fault by Cloud and Townsend. That's right. Awesome. Well, hang in there, guys. We've got one more episode to go. And we just have loved having this conversation with yeah. you. It's not always easy. There have been some light, funny moments just because, you know, if, if you're having those moments of self-reflection and self-awareness, <laughs> you can go, oh, that's me. <laughs> Or <laughs> you could have those moments of going, oh man, actually I've been dealing with this and I needed a practical way yeah. to start this conversation. So we hope it's been either one of those things for you, but we also hope you'll join us for the last installment of the series next week. Join us next time on Mercy Talk.
We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. Mm-hmm.